a lot of times people th- think they think too closely to their own business. And so, you know, <laughs> you might put something like have excellent plumbing. I swear to you, I've, I, I've never woken up in the morning and thought, I really hope my plumbing is excellent today. Um, you know, I, and by the way, I, you, you'll hear me use examples like that often. And there's that waking up in the morning and going to sleep at night are kind of those two times where we really, you know, how is today going to go or how has today been? And, and so if you write a headline for your site that's, that uh, no one, that none of your customers would ever wake up and go, gosh, I really want to have excellent plumbing today, then, you, then you've written the wrong headline. Hi, my name is Caitlin Pyatt. I'm a professionally certified marketer, and this is the Start Marketing Podcast, where small business owners can find authentic, accessible, and actionable marketing advice to help them grow and scale their businesses. I've worked in marketing for over 13 years, and it's an industry I genuinely love and a craft I believe can revolutionize and propel businesses to unimaginable growth. I'm the director of marketing at a startup, I run the Start Marketing community, and of course, I host this podcast. But I'm also a wife, a mom of three, and my house is generally always chaotic. I like learning about marketing, talking about it, and this is my favorite place to share my love of marketing. If you can't tell, I'm kind of a nerd about it. So I hope you're ready to soak it all in and start marketing. Hey, Start Marketers, welcome back. We've got Raj Lula here again with us to dive into executing a story brand framework and implementing your story brand script. Raj is a husband, dad, author, brand strategist, and certified story brand consultant at Fruitful Design. If you missed last week's episode, I cannot say this. I cannot encourage you enough to hop back just one episode and listen to what using the story brand script and framework can do for you in your business. It is so powerful. And listening to that is going to get you hyped up for everything that we are going to talk about today, diving deep into how you actually execute on this framework. And I am deep down a story brand rabbit hole right now. So I am hyped. Raj, welcome. Thank you for being here again this week. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Of course. All right. So last week we talked about what the framework is. So can you start by kind of outlining the elements of what is included in the story brand framework before we start talking about how you implement it? Yeah. So like we talked about last week, the story brand framework positions your customer as the hero of the story. So we're, we're using the same historic uh, storytelling framework that's been used for thousands of years in you know everything from Star Wars to Harry Potter to Hunger Games, all of those things. So there's really seven elements of that framework. We first start with the character transformation, the identity that the character is going to have by the end of the story. Then we have a, a want or a need that that character has. The problem that stands between them and that eventual want or need and the identity that they're going to hit. And then they meet a guide who helps them become the hero that they want to be. That guide has to have a plan and then has to call them to action. And then that hero either ends their story with success, with reaching their goal, or with failure. So there's the, those the seven elements of the story brand framework. And before we dive too, too deep into these, can you tell listeners there is – there is a place where they can find this framework. So you don't have to worry about like writing all of this stuff down. But Raj, where can listeners find the framework for this 
So if they are interested at the end of going through it, they can do it themselves. Of course, you can read the Building a Story Brand book by Donald Miller. That's a great place. But in that, they'll direct you to mystorybrand.com where you can actually fill out a brand script for yourself. And when you click in each of those little boxes on there, it it asks you questions to help you answer and fill in each part of that framework. Mm-hmm. It. The script is so fun to fill out, listeners, and I highly encourage you to to read the book as well. It's a it is a really fast read, even if you're not an avid reader. Like you can go one chapter at a time, and it fills in and it gives you so much context and so much um, information, kind of around the psychology and the idea and the concept behind each part of the script. I guarantee you, it will be worth your time. You could you can probably read a chapter a day, a chapter a week, and you can knock it out pretty quick. And that. It really just elevates and makes your script so much better. So I really do encourage you, if you decide to go do this, to read the book and do it with a script because I, it's just such a powerful experience. So, all right, let's let's dive in. When you talk about building a story brand, do you have any special tips or tricks when it comes to creating one part of the script? Yeah. Yeah. So um, like I talked about, I, the character transformation is where we start. It's Even though it's in the, if you go to mystorybrand.com, it's actually in the bottom right-hand corner of, of the script, but that's where you should start is that character transformation. And to get to a character transformation, like I talked about last week, you really have to identify the correct character. And so one of the things that I help people do, uh, help all my clients do when uh, we, we get to that part of the brand script is I ask who who accounts for eighty percent of your current business? That's, that's a great place to start for identifying that character because it's really easy for us to um, worry too much about the clients that we started with but no longer provide very much revenue uh, or that don't really fit the profile, but they were my mom's cousin or whatever. And, you know, they were one of our first customers. And so we, you know, they're really important to us and yes, they totally are. And you should definitely send them a great Christmas gift. But when you're creating your messaging, you need to look at where is, is your ideal business coming from? 80% of your revenue. Sometimes that can be difficult, especially if you're a new business. So another way to look at it is, uh, you know, just kind of look at where your revenue is coming from. So maybe you have 30% here, 40% here, 30%, you know, somewhere else. And decide which of those groups you want to grow to be 80% of your business. And that's the character that you should go after. Because, you know, one of the things that, that the brand script is really good for is that eventually you're going to want to implement it on your website and your email marketing and your social marketing. And, a lot of these things, even though they're technologically complex, are actually very simple tools. Like a website, in my opinion, is a very simple tool. It's good for reaching one audience and moving them towards one action. And if you try to overcomplicate that and and say, you know, uh, we sell men's pants, but we also sell, um, you know, uh, we sell men's work pants, but we also sell... Uh, you know, soccer cleats and we, and we also sell uh, kitchen colanders or something like that, <laughs> then you're going to have a heck of a time explaining to people what this store is. So uh, use that 80% rule. What would I be happy if, if this current audience became 80% of my business or what is currently 80% of my business? And then one other question you can ask yourself is, 
it, to make sure that you're on the right audience is if this audience grew to be 100% of my business, that say that's that 80%, that, that customer, if, if my marketing were so successful that, that my other customers walked away, then uh, would I be happy about that or sad about that? That's mm-hmm. part of how you know if you're serving the right audience. I think that's really great actionable advice because I think sometimes, and I and I appreciate that you broke it down into into starting out because sometimes when you are just starting out, you have to think about like the the what ifs and there's so much that goes into that right like. I started out thinking like, oh, I'm going to be a small businesses, like independent marketing manager or like on-call marketing manager. And that was like a ludicrous thought <laughs> because, you know, I started, as soon as I started thinking about, well, how am I going to do that? What, what are they going to maybe ask of me? What can I help them do? It really very quickly became obvious that I, I couldn't help them do the things that they wanted to do. Yeah, And actually like, provide a profitable business model for myself, you know? Um, So I think that's not to continue to say like story brand is an, is an amazing framework because they're going to get tired of me saying that, but that that is, (laughs) that is what this, this helps you do, helps you do. And I think thinking about that 80, 20 rule, it's just so eloquently put. And I think it's, it's so helpful to think about what, who do I want to serve? Because then within that, you can, you can really take a hard look at why do I want to serve them? How am I capable of serving them? And all of those things. And it really just kind of helps streamline. This is just proving my point that your brand and your target audience, your character really just drives your whole business model because then you have to think about how you can do that successfully. So I think that's fantastic. So you kind of go through the process of creating each of those elements, the seven elements that you outlined at the top of the episode. And then once you, once you have this script, like what, what do you do with it? Cause I think that's the part where <laughs> frameworks kind of go off track is yes. I have done it. Now what? Yes. So immediately after you finish your brain script, then the first thing that you should do is begin wireframing your website with the elements that are on your brain script. So you have to have the character's aspiration on there, the ident- that identity transformation that we talked about. Who is it that my character is trying to become? Um, you know, and so if that is, you know, we talked about a plumber in the last episode. So, you know, um, a lot of times people th- think they think too closely to their own business. And so, you know, <laughs> you might put something like, have excellent plumbing. I swear to you, I've, I, I've never woken up in the morning and thought, I really hope my plumbing is excellent today. Um, you know, I, and by the way, I, you, you'll hear me use examples like that often. And there's that waking up in the morning and going to sleep at night are kind of those two times where we really, you know, how is today going to go or how has today been? And and so if you write a headline for your site that that uh, no one that you're none of your customers would ever wake up and go gosh, I really want to have excellent plumbing today. Then you, then you've written the wrong headline. (laughs) However, um, there are a lot of people who want to have clean and safe homes or they want to, um, have hassle, uh, even just have a hassle free day. And, you know, if, if a kid has flushed a toy down the toilet or, um, you know, if your tree roots have grown into your pipes or whatever, you are not going to have a hassle free day unless 
you call this plumber who is promising to make it a hassle-free experience for you. And, and, you know, there are people who, who wake up and think that of like, I really hope that we take care of this problem today with the least amount of headache, or you go to bed at night and you go, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm mm-hmm. really thankful. I'm really grateful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so have that aspirational identity on your website. What exactly, where is your customer trying to go with this? Not just, not just, um, you, you know, what pro what, what product do you provide? But where is your customer trying to go? Really get in their shoes. In addition, you have to clearly call out their problem. That has to be on the website. Are you struggling with plumbing issues? Um, you know, do you have a backup? Do you have a leak? And honestly, the more specific that you are with that, the better. Because, you know, I don't know a ton about plumbing, but I know that there are different kinds of things. There's some, there are commercial plumbers, uh, you know, for office buildings and those kinds of things that you'd be annoyed if a homeowner called you because it's like, I mean, unless you want me to service, you know, your entire building with lots of floors and lots of units, then, then we're not interested. Well, make, put that clearly on your website. Are you experiencing problems, you know, plumbing problems in your commercial building or, uh, you know, are you a plumber that only serves building contractors? Like you want, you want to put in the pipes before the rest of the building's even built. Um, then, you know, do you need a plumber for that? Make that really, really clear. I don't know why I'm on plumbers today, but, um, but <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, I live across the street from a plumber. So I feel like <laughs> I, I'm going to send him this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for him. Um, so what problem that, that you, that you solve and then your solution for that problem. And I know that it can sound really dumb, but you would be surprised how many websites you go to that do not clearly say this. And instead they say things like optimize your business for excellence and synergy or something that just like, I mean, none of the, those things are all words by themselves, but they don't mean anything at all. And uh, you know, whereas instead we provide it solutions for small to medium sized businesses. Well, that's a much clearer thing. Um, You know, you could even go one step further and say, we help small to medium sized businesses avoid ransomware and malware um, you know, so that their company can stay in business. That's really clear. It's a really clear problem and solution that you can, and an audience that, that you can identify um, all, in, all in a very short amount of time. So very first thing is take your story brand, brand script and apply it to your website. Get all the elements of that brand script on there. You don't have to have every word from your brand script, but you have to have every idea, that problem, solution, how you're going to guide them to the solution, your authority to do so, the action that you need them to take that, or that they need to take to enter that story and then how you can help them be successful and what, what failure they'll experience if, uh, if they, they don't choose to solve this problem. And that one can sound a little scary because it's like, Oh, failure. We don't, we don't talk about that. We live a very positive society. It's, it's only good things. But as you know, if you let a plumbing problem go too long, you're going to have mold in your walls. If you, uh, you know, if you don't take care of this, then you're going to, ruin the subfloors and you're going to have a much more expensive problem. And so you can, you can put a problem in a positive light or failure in positive light. You could say, don't let the problem get worse. That's not being scary. That's not being manipulative. It's just helping warn them of what's going to happen if they don't take action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as, and as humans, I think we are and and maybe this is, this might be something that I read in the book, but I feel like I, I've, read or heard that, you know, we are more motivated to avoid pain than to 
a positive gain. Like you can frame it up positively. You can tell me all of the benefits and I'm like, yeah, okay. But the minute you tell me what's going to go wrong, I'm like, oh no, I definitely don't want that. And then I'm immediately like more invested in implementing the solution, your solution, than being like, I I could probably let that go for a little while longer. Yeah. Yeah. And even for, you know, services that it's like, well, what, what pain could there be in, in our, um, in our, our industry? Like think a nail salon or something like that. What negative consequence do you have of not getting a manicure? It's like, well, you might be embarrassed. You might feel embarrassed if you, you know, take a picture and, uh, and your hands are visible and, and you don't feel like you, you look your best, you know, probably nobody else is looking at it, but you look at that photo and go, Oh my gosh, my nails are so chipped and I should have gotten a manicure before this. And just, I mean, just call that out, help people understand you're helping them avoid embarrassment or avoid a day where they're not feeling like they're, they're looking and feeling their best. Those are, those are great things. And like you said, we, we want to avoid pain. We want to avoid failure. And, and it's actually a really positive thing to help people experience that to avoid that, that pain or failure. Mm-hmm. I think what you just said really is so fascinating because I think sometimes people question maybe when they are in a when they offer a product or service that is more of a want, right? Like I don't getting a manicure is not a necessity to me, right? Like I, it is a nice to have. If I was going to teach my kids about like wants and needs, that would be on the wants list versus <laughs> like the needs list kind of thing. And I think sometimes as business owners, that makes us a little bit self-conscious because we go, well, if you don't need my product, then like maybe I feel a little bit manipulative or I'm a little bit like hesitant to kind of put it out there. But at the end of the day, somebody is searching for your product. Like there are still plenty of people who want manicures. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to look back on my family photos and be embarrassed by like my, and as much as nobody wants to be like, I would never be that vain. We we all have those <laughs> moments, right? So even yeah. if it feels like your product or service is something that people don't have to have, like on a deeper emotional, like human level, there is there is kind of that like the thing that we just that voice in our head that we just can't help it. It pops up and it goes, "Oh, I really wish I would have gotten a manicure." Look at yeah. look at that. Well, you know, and and a lot of that goes back to you know, as you've been saying, it's so it's so much about being central to your brand and really understanding your character because maybe that's not the problem. Maybe, you know, looking self-conscious and or being feeling, feeling self-conscious in a photo, maybe that's not the main problem. Maybe the main problem is uh, when we don't take time for rest and relaxation for a little bit of self-care for a little bit of treatment of ourselves, then we are grumpier, more agitated versions of ourselves. And it doesn't really matter if it's coffee or golf or a manicure that makes us feel more human, that makes us feel more like the best version of ourselves, it's okay because we need those things. And, you know, you're, you're right. Uh, on a, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs thing, it's not on the bottom rung. But probably right above that, those those senses of rest, the, of, of personal security, of, uh, you know, of just feeling more like ourselves, it's, you know, it, it comes in maybe more quickly than you realize. And it's about, but it's about identifying that need correctly, that problem correctly, so that um, so that you can call it out back to your audience and say, hey, you need to take time to rest. We've got these comfortable chairs here, relaxing music, um, you know, somebody to massage your hands and feet. 
And, and, uh, you know, taking this time out and spending 30 or $40 will make you a better mom. will make you a better dad. And it's worth just taking a minute to, to care for yourself. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of, um, this TikTok video I saw recently where like the mom is like throwing on all of her, like her coat and getting her keys and her purse and everything like in the entryway of their home and she's shouting to like someone off screen and she goes honey the dishwasher is broken and he goes all right what's it gonna take to fix it and she's like about three hours a new pair of jeans and an iced coffee and he's like you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's basically like it's me i'm the dishwasher like, and, <laughs> and, and i'm broken <laughs> and i'm broken i need some time to take care of myself and like <laughs> fix this up before i'm ready to like do this again so i think like Anyway, it's just, I, I love this concept because it really does, it works for anyone, whether you yeah. think that, you know, on the surface, you feel like your product or service, maybe it doesn't, but it is like kind of the, like the emotion or like the deeper need that you fulfill. And, and again, like the story brand script will walk you through, like here is like the surface level, or I think they call it the external Mm-hmm. level and then like let's go a layer deeper and then like let's take that one more layer deep and you kind of you just get a little bit farther into the problem and how it makes your customers feel and sort of like the existential problem that it brings or the philosophical problem that it brings into play and that's like fundamentally i feel like what shifts it from again being average to you know yeah. really speaking to and kind of drawing people into the story yeah, so that so, that part that you're talking about right there, the problem, you know, so we talked about how there's there's a character with an aspiration, they have a want, and then there's a problem that's broken down into external, internal, and philosophical problems. And my friend Alea Harris, who's amazing, you sh- you should follow her on uh, Instagram, but she says it like this: she says that the problem is broken down into head, heart, and gut. What do I know that I need? Uh, how do I feel about that need? And then, uh, you know, just on a gut level, why is it just wrong to struggle with this problem? Or, uh, you know, what, what does what do people deserve just by being human in order to deal with this problem? And uh, and so sometimes if you're struggling through that part of it, it's easier to think of it instead of external, internal, philosophical. You think of it as head, heart, and gut, uh, as as my friend Alea says. I love that. I think that that is. I'm going to start using that now when I when I try to explain this to people, that's really perfect. So when you go through, so you implement this on your website and you said before in the last episode, you know, it really kind of carries over into all facets, facets of your marketing. It carries over if you do email marketing, if you do social, wherever you are, this script really becomes kind of the foundation of how you Mm -hmm. communicate about your business, about your products and about your services. So Walk us through a little bit, like how do you use the script to then kind of drive your content creation and kind of help make that easier? Because I think that is something I know I struggle with. It seems like it's there's so much content you have to create, I feel like, to stay relevant. And I think the story brand script really can help you make that yeah. process a little bit more efficient. Yeah. So right now we're working with a luxury landscaping company. So, you know, not just mowing yards and that kind of stuff, but up to that next level of fire pits, outdoor kitchens, uh, you know, beautiful patios, pave, pavers, all those kinds of things. And, um, you know, the, the, the problem in that scenario is not so much, um, you know, that I need this stuff, you know, like, like we just talked about, it's that 
um, for the life that I want to have, one where people gather at my home and we have, we make memories outdoors. Um, you know, I need to have a place for those people to gather that's really set up for entertaining. And, and so we identified for them that the problem was that they're, you know, that your backyard is not set up for entertaining. And, uh, and so what you do with from there is that with every spot on the brand script, if you just go and you start writing headlines related to each box of your brand script, so there's the seven boxes. And so for them, uh, you know, it's, it's things like, Hey, five secrets that, uh, lands, uh, professional landscapers know about buying a fire pit that you should know. Um, you know, uh, 10 things to consider before you build an outdoor kitchen, how to create a budget for building an outdoor kitchen. Um, you know, here are 10 examples of different styles of outdoor kitchens. I mean, it's been, what it probably hasn't been 30 seconds of me starting this and I've already come up with five content ideas or I wasn't counting, but um, if I spent 30 minutes with it, I could come up with easily 20, 30, 40 headlines for each of the seven areas of your brand script. And so, I mean, we're talking 200 plus pieces of content. And if you do one piece of content a week, that's four years worth of marketing off of this one script. Now, if you do two or three, of course, then, you know, it gets knocked down to a year, two years of of content. But I mean, it is a lot. If you, if you are not using your brand script in this way, you're underusing your brand script and you're probably getting distracted by, you know, trends of the moment or whatever, and you're deviating from your messaging. But I promise you, you can use every box on your brand script and create at least 20 or 30 headlines from each box. And then, uh, you know, I just, just, I wouldn't go, you know, all problem, all solution, you know, one, just, just uh, schedule them and, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then basically start over again. And, you know, I, the other thing too, is like, you can, you can include different types of content in there too. Right. Because, you know, here's a testimonial of somebody who had this problem and here's, you know, here's how they, how we solved it for them. Or, um, you know, here's, uh, you, you know, here, here's how to create a plan or, you know, here's what the process looks like. You, you know, there are so many different types of content. You can do quizzes, listicles, all those things to, to build out, you know, those two, 300 pieces of content. I think this is probably one of the most exciting, like actionable steps off of the framework too, because something that I feel like I see, um, I just did, I just did a presentation a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago for a local nonprofit. And there's this concept and you see it all the time. Um, if you're a small business and you're out there and you're listening to marketing people, they're always like, add value, add value with your content. And yeah, <laughs> like I, if you are not a marketing person, I feel like you listen to that and you go, WTF, like what does that mean? Like what is adding value? And it's yeah. become such like a buzz. It's such a catchphrase now that it's almost obnoxious. But what you're describing when you say, okay, think about each of those areas and then brainstorm some content ideas off of it, those are valuable pieces of content. Like you were listing it off and I go, yeah, I 100% need to understand how to build a budget for my backyard because we're getting ready – Like our backyard is totally torn up and we know next summer we're going to have to redo it. And I have no idea. Like. I don't know how much money that costs. I don't know how to build that budget, but I do know I don't want to call a landscaper who's going to like architect out this amazing, beautiful design and then go, that's a hundred thousand dollars. And I go, no way. Sorry, buddy. Like that's beautiful, but it's too rich for me. Like I can't, I can't 
support that, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I think that is probably one of the most like exciting aspects of this too. And just another great example of how this like streamlines the process for you. Can you like imagine, can you imagine if you're the landscaper who has the guts to post photos of a beautiful backyard that you've done and to put the price on there, even if you just put a price range, this was 50 to $60,000 or this was 20 to 30, whatever. Are people going to go with you or are they going to go with the landscaper who just says, call to get a free quote? Um, and then exactly that scenario that you described, we're going to, we're going to blow out your, you know, expectations with all of these things and a gazebo that you could do, and you're never going to be able to afford it. Now you're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. The landscaper that you say, okay, cool. We're going to save $20,000 and we're going to do most of what this other, you know, we've already seen pictures of what you can do and we'll do that next year. Mm -hmm. Then like you're ready to do business with them. Mm -hmm. immediately. And those people win because that's the kind of value that you're providing. And, and it's all because, you know, we started with that problem of, you know, your, your backyard's not ready to entertain. And then there's all these little sub problems from there, right? I don't know how much the budget should be. I don't know if, uh, you know, my backyard needs a retaining wall or if, you know, there's the, there's this weird spot where the water pools. And so we probably need something, but I don't know if it's drainage or a retaining wall, or if I need to plant plants there or whatever, because I didn't go to horticulture school or whatever, you know? And, and so if you see pictures of something and a price next to it and say, you can have this for approximately a similar price, then, then it just warms your audience up to be able to go, okay, I have an idea of what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and it also makes the people who go, Oh, like I had a thousand dollars. I thought that that was going to get it done. Guess what? Those people are going to be great home Depot customers. <laughs> like they're, yep. Yep. And they're going to pay the other $19,000 with their back. Um, mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, it's like everybody has their budget. They, they fit a certain audience, but they, they would not be the right uh, audience for, for a custom landscaper. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And again, you have you have maybe lost a handful of people, but you've probably gained either through efficiency or simply just helping the right people who found you but weren't sure before. You've probably made up for those handful of people that you that disqualified themselves by looking at it and yeah. going, "Oh shoot, I don't have twenty thousand dollars to do that." So, well, and you know, gain comes in so many other ways too because. You know, say you as a landscaping company only want to do ten, twenty thousand dollar projects a year. And you know, and you're not filling it in with the, you know, two hundred thousand dollar projects, um, one thousand dollar projects that that you could do. You could go mow somebody's lawn a bunch of times a year or whatever. Um, but you decide not to do that. It, hey, I'm I want to build a two hundred thousand dollar business model and I want to do it on 10, $20,000 projects instead of 200, $1,000 projects. Guess what the gain is in between those? It's going to your kid's soccer game. It's taking your family on vacation because you're not chasing everything. And there, it, you're not going down this black hole of, of opportunity, quote unquote, because you know everything costs something. It either costs money or it costs time and, or attention or you know a number of other things. And when you find those key audiences and you're speaking clearly to them, then you can maximize that value. And, uh, and then you also maximize your own time, your own life, your own balance, your family, all of those things. Gain isn't just monetary. 
It's also peace of mind. It's also family time. It's all of those other things when you get clear and you serve the right customers at the right price point. Mm. Could not say it better myself. So to put a nice little bow on this conversation, what is kind of the first step? So if I am jazzed about this, if I'm hyped, I'm ready to go. What is the first step that I can do towards using or implementing the story brand framework for my business? Yeah, I think that going to mystorybrand.com, looking at the brand script uh, is a great place to start. I will tell you, this is kind of hard to do on your own. You probably need a sounding board. And so hiring somebody like me or Caitlin to walk you through uh, there's somebody who's been through it before and can also just help you look at it with objective eyes because a lot of times, I mean, there's reasons that we pay counselors and those types of things for our own lives because a lot of times it's just hard to see our own story um, without an objective perspective. We need guides as well. And um, in fact, uh, you know, I, I was telling Caitlin before we started recording that I wrote a book um, and I it was be, it was during a story brand live stream that I was coaching other people we got to the guide section of the story brand framework and I go, Oh my gosh, I need an editor. Like I was I, for a minute, I was like taking out of coaching and I was like, Oh, sorry, sorry guys. I'll get back to you. Um, but you know, I, I, even for my own life, my own, my own passion project, I, I had that moment where I go, I have written at that point, it was 60,000 words. And I knew that most novels were 80 to a hundred thousand words. And but I just didn't know what my book was missing. I went and hired an, an editor and, uh, and then I wrote, wrote 25, 26,000 words in three months because it just unlocked it that fast for me. So that all to say, go to mystorybrand.com, fill out your, your brand script, but uh, it, when you need help and you, and it's quite possible you will, then, you know, call somebody who, who is passionate about this framework, Caitlin or me, um, or go to uh, marketingmadesimple.com. There's a whole uh, directory of story brand certified guides in there and, and hire somebody to, to help you through it. That money will not be wasted. Um, you know, just like I just told, told you that you can write two to 300 pieces of content uh, off of this brand script. And even if you pay four or $5,000 to have somebody help you through this brand script, uh, you'll get a marketing plan that you could execute yourself that that you would normally have to pay a marketing strategist, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year that will last you for four years, two to four years. So you're probably saving yourself a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars just by investing in getting your your messaging framework correct from the beginning. And then eventually you might need more help, you know, because writing takes a while and social media takes some time and some expertise. But that if you want that foundational level to be right and to be able to bootstrap it from there, then then definitely start with your brand script. Mm -hmm. This, I think, I am generally not in favor of I, – I used to be in favor of spending a lot of money on marketing when I first started, and then I realized that it's <laughs> not the best option when you're starting out. But this is something that I would hands down say, like if I were to go back and do everything over again in terms of like building my own brand, building my brand for this podcast, if I were to go back and spend money on anything, the story brand script would have been it yeah. because I look back now at the things that I feel like I've wasted my time or my money on and this would have solved it for me. So I think if I were to recommend like spending money on any one piece of marketing strategy in the beginning, starting here would be it because the other stuff yeah. you can bootstrap yourself. This will really set the tone in the direction for that. So 
Thank you so much for your time and your expertise, Raj. Where can listeners connect with you? Yeah. Uh, so you can find our agency at fruitful.design. And if you're interested in getting updates about my book, it's rajlula.com, R-A-J-L-U-L-L-A.com. I love it. All right, Start Marketers. I absolutely cannot wait to hear what you are doing with your branding and your marketing once you start implementing the story brand framework. I've used it, like I said, to reposition and rebrand myself, and I know you are going to be using it as well. So get out there and start marketing your business. Until next time.